Welcome to the IT Career Energizer podcast. For anyone who wants to build and grow a career in IT, develop and improve your strengths and skills, be inspired and motivated by the successes of others, manage your career progression, and achieve your IT career goals. And now, your host, Phil Burgess. Welcome to episode 293 of the IT Career Energizer podcast. My guest on today's show is the founder of BuildLab, a digital development and automation studio, and the co-founder and CTO of SharpSeat, an event ticket marketplace. He is also a full-stack web developer with an emphasis on front-end development and design and process automation. So it's my pleasure to welcome to the podcast, Mike Williams. I felt thanks. Mike, obviously that's a very brief introduction and gives us a bit of an insight into some of the companies you founded, but could you perhaps expand and tell us what Build Lab is and, and how it works? Yeah, so it's a, uh, like you kind of said, uh, de- uh, digital development and automation studio, but to expand on that, um, the kind of uniqueness to it is uh, I kind of have um, some experience from running some of my older businesses like that you mentioned sharp seat um, I got into the world of kind of no code low code which was a uh, a few years ago was really a um, emerging uh, space and it kind of still is um, but so we kind of put an emphasis on a lot of uh, a lot of stuff over in that space like things like zapier um, uh, some of your listeners have probably heard of um, just writing code or writing automations without code, really. Um, and there's a lot of services we can dig into a little more later. Um, and then on the more traditional development side, even there, I try to leverage a lot of the newer tech around. Um, serverless is something I'm really into. Having built uh, traditional full stack apps, um, I, I really like what some of these newer tools are, uh, how quick they allow you to get off the ground. Yeah, yeah, very much so, yes. Okay, um, so Mike, can you share with us a career tip, one that the audience may not be aware of and perhaps should be? Um, yeah, it, this, this one's tough. Uh, I, they might already be aware of this. I would just say, you know, what always made the difference for me is just find something that you're legitimately interested in. Um, you know, in my case, I, it, you didn't mention this in the bio, but I used to be work with a big tech uh, company at Accenture. Um, they're a, a huge, you know, IT consultant. Um, and, you know, it was good work. I, I love the company. I had nothing bad to say about it, but, you know, was finding, uh, was struggling to be like motivated. Um, and, you know, you mentioned, you know, I mentioned Build Lab. I do uh, kind of a lot of unique work there, uh, specifically with some of these like no code, low code tools. And the reason for that is really, that's just what I'm interested in. I didn't chase, uh, um, I didn't just chase a market cause I thought, you know, it was, it was juicy or anything like that. So th- that's a long way of saying, um, the tip is really just to find, you know, what, what people refer to as product market founder fit. Um, and the founder part being, you know, you, you gotta be interested in the work or else, uh, um, you're really not going to have an edge on anyone if you're just putting in the bare minimum. Um, if you don't like what you're doing, you're just going to put in 30 to 40 hours a week, and that's that. Um, and the stuff I do with both with no code and coding, um, I just genuinely enjoy it and find myself, you know, up late and on weekends uh, doing 
doing work with that. And there's no way I would be able to do that if I wasn't uh, into the work. Sure. So a lot of people talk about passion when it comes to to this, um, but 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 it sounds to me like it's it's more than that for you. It's, it includes sort of enjoyment as much as anything else. Yeah, really. Um, I mean, I find myself spending hours sometimes just coding up some little side thing that I'm never going to launch or never going to make money on, and uh, and not going to bill a client on. And I'm kind of like, man, I just spent four hours uh, doing that for kind of no reason. But the reason is that I, I'm just you know, enjoy, uh, definitely enjoy learning. Um, but specifically, you know, with tech, um, I've always been in a tech, there was never any doubt there that, um, I enjoyed like software and, and it stuff. So yeah, I just, uh, it's just fun for me. Yeah. Okay, good. Right. Um, so Mike, can you tell us about your worst it career moment and what you learned from that experience? Yeah. You know, I'm kind of fortunate. I think I, I don't have one, you know, horrible moment or anything that comes to mind. Um, one thing with running, you know, Build Lab on, on the kind of studio agency side, um, which is a little newer to me. Um, most of my background was was not doing like agency style work um, or consulting. But so I would say there that uh, one thing that's been new to me is just the pressures of working for other clients and they obviously, you know, you might have many clients, but they only have one business generally. So you, you really don't want to let them down. Um, I'd say the worst moment, and it wasn't even that bad, but, you know, I did have a project uh, that we got pretty kind of far into and ended up having to cancel um, because of issues with uh, the tech and, and kind of the scope started kind of ballooning. And I, uh, you know, for a while I was really stressed about it. And I, I came to the realization that uh, the project just wasn't going to work. Um, and there were faults. I, I think both there were expectation issues, both on my side and the client side. And I kind of just realized um, it wasn't going to work and had to just break it off, you know. Um, and that that was a little tough. You know, it felt like a breakup. Uh, it, it's not something you ever want to do. But luckily, it's only really happened one time. Um, and that might have been I guess my worst moment. Right. So, so obviously those sorts of things can happen. So is there anything you've learned as a result of that to enable you to manage the situation so you don't end up in that position in the future? Yeah, absolutely. That was early on. So I was still, I was very new to client work and scoping out stuff. Um, and, you know, with hourly work, <clears throat> um, you know, with hourly work, it's not as big a deal. You just kind of, you know, bill by the hour. But um, once you start getting into bigger projects and scoping fixed price stuff out, um, early on, I was pretty bad about scoping. I didn't, I, I was just kind of had these rosy uh, colored glasses on where like, oh, this project's going to be great, you know, and I didn't really dig in as hard as I wanted to. On this particular one, um, I just did a, I think I did a poor job defining scope and um, it, it kind of just blew up uh, you know, the client, I think, unfortunately had some expectations that weren't quite, uh, you know, they were very non-technical. It, it wasn't anything against them, but um, I think they kind of underestimated some things and I did a poor job of setting expectations. So I definitely learned on the, the biggest thing I learned is figure out, you know, before you even start the project, you really have to make sure it's like a great fit. You've addressed all the red flags. 
Um, I'm very particular about taking work now. Um, and, you know, both my, you know, me and my team, I always want to make sure that, uh, you know, we have the capacity. It's in our wheelhouse. Um, and, you know, right now I'm trying to scale up my team, but we're, we're currently turning down, you know, a good amount of work uh, compared to what we take in just because of uh, capacity limits. And, you know, in the past, I would have probably been more likely to say yes to everything. Yes, that, there is a risk in that, isn't there? <laughs> Definitely. So, in, in terms of scope nowadays, um, presumably, if if things do happen during a project and you identify there's a potential to the scope changing, how how do you handle that now? Yeah. The, well, this kind of goes back to what I uh, just answered. To me, the project is made or break is make or break before you even start. Um, I actually haven't had a lot of issues during the project of scope getting out of control. Um, you know, generally, uh, most of one is not only scoping and pricing the project correctly, but just sizing up the client. You know, I've had some pros- prospects come in that we did the interview, and you can kind of tell, um, you know, just from a 20 minute phone call, you can kind of feel people out and, and think, like, man, you know, this, my gut's just not telling me this is a great fit. I've learned to, to go with my gut there. If you ever think, uh, if you ever get a bad vibe from either a project or, or a client standpoint, in my experience, it's your gut's going to be right almost 100% of the time. Like every time I've said yes to something I was on the fence on, I almost always regretted it. So uh, I, I try to just come out the gate with great project, great client, great fit. And then, then we don't really have a lot of issues once the project is going. Yeah. Yeah, no, that makes sense, definitely. Okay, um, so moving away from your worst moment, can you maybe tell us about your career highlight to date? Highlight, yeah. Um, yeah, I think there's a lot of those. I, I would say, you know, finally going self-employed, That's uh, this isn't necessarily IT specific, but that was, you know, that was a big moment for me. And I've been self-employed, you know, for seven years, eight years now. And, you know, haven't looked back. And, um, you know, that was something I always wanted to do from when I was real young. I just thought having your own business sounded like the coolest thing in the world. And, you know, again, even though I, I had a great corporate job, but I, it just like wasn't for me. And uh, so definitely going off on my own and, um, you know, being able, having learned all the stuff I've learned the last few years, I mean, running a business and you know, learning to code and all the stuff I, I did to build up to build lab. I'm, it was like drinking through a fire hose. I, I just learned so much. So uh, that was, uh, that's definitely the high point, I think. Right. Okay. So do you, do you see much of a difference in, in, I suppose, how you perceive projects now that you're working effectively as your own company? Does it, is it different to the way it was, for example, when you were working at Accenture? Yeah, well, it's definitely different um, in terms of client size. You know, when I was at Accenture, it, it was a lot more of a, uh, a small fish in a huge pond kind of thing. Um, you know, my projects were, I mean, some of my clients, and this, this is public, this isn't like secret or anything, but, you know, we we had contracts with the U.S. Army. I, I was on that project. Um, so it's these massive projects. I mean, I, I can't even tell you how many people were on it. I mean, it was hundreds, if not thousands um so you know those are cool projects because they're big clients that and you know flashy but 
you're obviously a way smaller piece of that, right? You're on a team of 20 just doing this one little thing versus now I'm, I'm obviously on smaller clients. I'd love to win some army projects and, uh, but that's probably not going to happen for a while. Um, but obviously I have a lot more control over the projects now. So you're a, you know, a way bigger fish in a kind of smaller pond. Yeah. I, I presume as well that your contribution is more visible because they are smaller projects. Um, and not, as you say, you're not part of a team of maybe a thousand people. You're, it's much more, yeah, compact, I suppose, in terms of, you know, how it works and, and the, your contribution and the, and the final result. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, you know, the outcome is very dependent on, um, the work me and my team do, you know, even if I, you know, some projects are more individual where I'm doing a lot of the consulting others, I have my team, um, and some developers involved, but even in those cases, I generally, um, assume the role of project or product manager, if you will. So I'm still designing, say it's an application, you know, I'm really involved with shaping the product and, you know, keeping the, the team on task. Um, you know, I have some devs that just want to do code and, and that's fine, but you know, it's on me to like handle, you know, design, make sure the, the UI UX is nice. And, um, you know, when you have the finished product, yeah, it definitely has, you know, I can see my fingerprints all over it. Um, and, and the outcome for the business is, uh, the client's business, you know, that's going to be very dependent on how well we do our work. So there's a lot of pressure there, but also a lot of, uh, you know, reward if you do it right. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And Mike, can you tell us the one thing that excites you about the future of the IT industry and careers in it? Yeah, well, there's definitely not one thing. Um, what what excites me and kind of this is the reason I'm kind of doing this stuff and focusing on this at Build Lab is um, some of the newer, you know, tech that really takes out a lot of the infrastructure. I, I'm actually newer to coding. I was never, even at Accenture, I wasn't a dev. I was more on the kind of uh, business tech hybrid side of things, you know. Um, so I, I only became a full kind of full stack dev in the last few years. Um, so I, I kind of embrace a lot of these new tech. I grew up in this kind of serverless world where, um, you know, and, and these frameworks like React and stuff like that, that the web is really powered on now and AWS and Google obviously have their cloud platforms that are getting really big. So, you know, I've never, I think it's exciting to me. I don't, I only know from hearing stories from older devs, but, you know, I'm definitely happy. I don't have to set up servers in my garage and, um, you know, do all this infrastructure that even 10 years ago you would have had to do, you know, 10 years ago, they didn't even have some of these web frameworks, um, it, like React, it was just jQuery. And, you know, a lot of guys were still just writing HTML kind of raw and, you know, PHP. So um, seeing how uh, quick it is to build with some of these new platforms is is really cool. And no code is kind of the same realm there where it's just removing boilerplate and infrastructure and just allowing you to build. Yeah, all very good points. And of course, the, the sort of the flexibility and the opportunity is there now as well, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's it's a it's an exciting space. I mean, we're, you know, I think we're kind of uniquely positioned where we, we get a ton of referrals just because there aren't that many people doing the kind of code, no code, like hybrid uh, development that we're doing. So, um, 
it's it's good from a business standpoint too. Good. Okay. Right. We're going to go into the reveal round now. We're going to find out a little bit more about you and the way you think. You ready for this? Sure. So what first attracted you to a career in IT? Well, like I mentioned earlier, always knew I was in a tech. I mean, I remember getting our our first Gateway 2000 back in the day and playing StarCraft on that, you know, and I, I just uh, was always in a computer. There was never a doubt there. Um, and then when I got to college, I actually came in as a finance major and ended up, I took an intro to CIS, which was another business major and just loved it. Um, and, uh, ended up tacking that on it as another major as well. Um, so yeah, didn't, didn't plan on, um, getting that into it, but, uh, it became kind of clear that, yeah, it was something I needed to dive into. What is the best career advice you've ever received? Yeah, that one's interesting. I'd probably go back to um, what I kind of mentioned about product market founder fit. Um, I the, I think just, you know, getting into something that's interested, uh, that you're genuinely interested in, not just chasing shiny things. Um, you know, that that's not necessarily one piece of advice I've gotten that that comes from all the podcasts. And that's kind of a culmination of all that. But yeah, just uh, it's kind of corny, like follow your heart a little bit. But um, yeah, it is fine. You know, you, if you want to compete, you have to have, uh, like a passion edge and yeah, find something that you're interested in and focus on that. What is the worst career advice you've ever received? <laughs> um, maybe don't quit your day job. I'd, I'd say in my case, <laughs> right. And Although it depends on who you are. I mean, I, again, I knew, I always knew I wanted to, I, I have a high risk appetite. I'm, I'm plenty comfortable you know, dealing with ups and downs, but um, certainly getting a, you know, you probably have some other guests that are maybe more traditional and, you know, work for bigger companies and that can be a, a fine path as well. If you were to begin your career again in today's world, what would you do? Man, well, for one, I, I would have started earlier. Um, specifically with, now that I have some uh, experience with freelancing and, and client work, um, I would have probably started at least freelancing a long time ago in college, if not high school. I think nowadays, especially with the remote world and, and stuff that's going on there, I think, you know, uh, especially tech minded, you know, college kids, I think, you know, forget like getting a summer job. I mean, just freelance a few hours on the side. Um, it's just great way to get experience. You know, I could have come into this with 10 more years of experience if I, had just started early in college. And, you know, if you do things right, you might never, you might be able to go off on your own, like right after graduation and not even have to go the corporate route if you don't want to. So definitely start early on freelance. There's no barrier to entry on it anymore. I mean, you can just put a profile out and start coding. That's very true. And what career objectives are you currently focusing on? Yeah, right now. Um, so build Labs definitely my big, my focus and, um, the big thing there is just continuing to build up the team. Um, that's something finding talent is so important. Uh, it's, it's tough. It's a work in progress. I, I don't, I feel like I'm learning every day. I, I like never feel like I've figured it out, but I think I'm getting better at it and just finding better talent, uh, putting procedures in place that, you know, so you don't have to repeat yourself. I place a high emphasis on that. You know, every time we do something, I try to document it. Yeah, that's that's certainly a very good approach, definitely. 
And what's the number one non-technical skill that has helped you in your career so far? Yeah. Um, yeah. Going back to, you know, I mentioned I was a CIS major, um, which that was not just tech, but uh, as opposed to like a CS degree, but it also covered kind of business and um, the actual application and how all this stuff tied together. So um, yeah, I think I've always been kind of a generalist there where, um, you, you know, I'm not an elite developer by any means, but I know enough about, you know, the tech, the business, the design, the UX. And um, I've always been pretty good at holding projects together uh, just because, yeah, I I think I have like a more general uh, background. Yeah. And what do you do to keep yourself and your career energized? Um, Yeah, I'm always trying new things there. Uh, I don't know if I do any one particular thing. I mean, I just try to uh, get better every day. I'm always trying to learn. I listen to, you know, podcasts, YouTube, I, I kind of live off of there. Um, I feel like I like have enough credit hours to get a degree in, um, YouTube, if that's a thing. Uh, but always learning. I mean, that, that's really what energizes me. And what do you do in your spare time away from technology? Oh man, what spare time? Um, no, just uh, I, I have been pretty busy just because we're, a, you know, a younger business. Um, I am pretty busy now, but a um, little, little boring. But, you know, I, I love food, both both cooking and uh, going out. You know, I'm kind of a foodie. I really can't eat the same meal twice. So uh, just enjoy that. You know, um, you know, girlfriend and I like to travel and go out to dinner and just stuff like that. Uh, I, I know that's a pretty boring answer, but. Um, just try to relax when I'm when I'm away from the computer. I think that's the that's the thing though, isn't it? It's about making sure that you have a break and there's something different and you can come back to it fresh. Yep. Yeah, and I would say live events too. Um, I, like I said, my first business was in ticketing, and uh, I've always been a big sports fan. You know, I'm in the DC area. There's a lot of teams around here, so um, you know, sports are, are are always fun for me. And Mike, can you share a parting piece of career advice with the IT career energizer audience? Uh, yeah, I, I th- kind of touched on this on some of the other questions, but um, I would say, you know, you probably have a range of listeners. Maybe some people are later in their career. Um, just if there's anyone listening who's maybe more like me, I would just say start earlier and get out there and start doing something on the side. I mean, again, I, I mentioned freelancing. Um, I just wish I had done that so much earlier. It's just... Uh, it's just such an easy thing. You can do it as much or little as you want. If you want to do an hour a day or, or, you know, start to make it a side thing or a, even a full-time thing. Um, I, I think just get out there and start doing something and start working with real world business problems. Yeah. And how can we find out more about you and connect with you? Yeah. Well, um, the company sites, buildlab.co, uh, uh, my personal site's mwilliams.co. You can kind of contact me. There's not much on there. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm on Twitter as well at Mike, though, uh, T-H-O-U-G-H. Uh, I don't, admittedly, don't really put out a lot of content. That's something that I just haven't prioritized but want to start doing more. But if you do just want to uh, say hi, you know, those are kind of the places that uh, you can reach me. Great. Okay. Mike, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. It's been great chatting with you. Yeah, thanks a lot for having me on, Phil. Hi, Phil here again. Well, I hope you enjoyed my conversation with today's guest. 
You can find full show notes on the website at itcareerenergizer.com e and the number of the episode you've been listening to. If you haven't already subscribed to the show, please make sure that you do so that you get episodes automatically downloaded to your device every Monday. Thanks for listening and have a great week. Thanks for listening to the IT Career Energizer podcast. To find out more about building a successful career in IT, visit itcareerenergizer.com.